start with my second presentation called Hope. And um, sometimes when you get into climate change, you feel this way. It seems pretty hopeless. However, we're going to talk about her today. We're going to talk about hope. Uh, about a year ago, I went to the Climate Reality Project training, which is Al Gore's training. Uh, I went in Denver, a thousand people there, so I didn't even get to shake his hand. But many of these slides come from that presentation. And here's really the theme. We have the solutions for climate change if we use them. So I'm going to talk about these kind of in terms of categories. The first one is wind. Yeah. Um, that I'll say that wind is usually used to it's supposed to spin a turbine. Yeah. Which it inside it and like spin the propels around the turbine, which will spin a turbine and make power. Yeah. So and, and what I'm going to do since this is really brief, I'm going to go through it, save your questions, and be sure to ask. Okay, wind. Uh, first, the definition. Capacity, this thing uses that word uh, quite often, is how much uh, electricity something can put out. Now, like a wind turbine isn't always turning, so the capacity is, what if it were turning 100% of the time? Okay. And you can read, so... not expecting you and, and don't try to get all the data off this we're looking for trends okay so here's the notice the upturn in wind capacity around the planet and here's the united states and the reason it's happening and this is a point i want you to be well aware of is because the cost is coming down so we're using more wind and one of the big reasons is uh, not so much maybe that people even want to fight climate change, but the cost is coming down. So the people who invest in these see this curve. Now, if it's okay for these, I'm going to let you read them yourself instead of stopping to read each one. <coughs> Texas, you give some places free electricity at night, wait to do your clothes till the night you emancipate. Now, this is a map of the United States. The purple is where there's the most wind. Some people call this the Saudi Arabia wind, and Nebraska's right in the middle of that. Here's Nebraska. Again, the purple, the, the red are the places of greatest wind, which are right along the rivers, but so much of Nebraska has so much potential for developing wind. And this shows where the existing ones are right now. It's just an example of Bloomfield, which has a wind farm, 10% of their property taxes come from the wind. 
Now, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this one. Here's comparing Nebraska to Iowa. Okay? Of course, this is Nebraska. This is Iowa. And one of the things you'll notice that uh, Iowa has manufacturing facilities. If you go down the interstate and see those big blades, those are coming from Iowa. Nebraska right now doesn't have any because if you use wind, those things are expensive to transport. You're probably going to have manufacturing. Now, if you look over here, wind potential. Nebraska is number three in the nation in terms of wind potential, behind only Kansas and Texas. Look at Iowa, seventh in wind potential. But then if you go to the next thing, Iowa's third in wind production of electricity. We're number 17. And then there's a lot of other figures on here, but Nebraska has about 800 wind turbines. Iowa has 4,000. And here's the amount, the percent of in-state energy from wind. In Nebraska, it's about 15%. In Iowa, it's almost 37% of electricity comes from the same in uh, South Dakota is about 30%, Kansas is 30%. So the states around us right now um, are doing a better job. Now, notice how many people get employed by wind, Nebraska, and Kansas, uh, and then their environmental benefits like saving water. Uh, burning coal and fossil fuels takes a lot of water. And so Iowa is saving 5 billion gallons of water a year by using wind. So Nebraska is a national leader in wind resources. Iowa is a national leader in producing electricity. And kind of the takeaway from this is not to get discouraged, but Nebraska has a great wind resource, but has some catching up to do. And, and we're starting to do that. Now, the United States has these what are called regional transmission organizations, and their, their only purpose is to make sure that, uh, to know how much electricity is going to be needed and who's going to produce it. And we are in the Southwest Power Pool. Uh, notice Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Oklahoma, parts of Texas. And on one night in February, more than 50% of all the electricity generated and used, or generated in the Southwest Power Pool came from wind. Okay, solar. Here again, the projections in 2002 would grow one gigawatt a year. Gigawatts about enough electricity for a million homes. That's a, a gigawatt, meaning uh, uh, megawatt is thousand million. Megawatts. Yeah, a thousand megawatts. Okay, here's what actually happened. So, we know how to do this, in other words. The world's solar PV uh, photovoltaic installations has grown phenomenally. 
and here's the U.S. solar capacity. So the solar industry is growing really yes. quickly. And the reason, one of the reasons, that, look what's happened to the cost of solar cells. Much of what we do with generating electricity has to do with investors who put their money into things. And this is the reason that solar is going <coughs> so well. Here is a farm in uh, Nebraska. There's the farmer. He does almost all of his farming now with solar power. That's the lieutenant governor at the uh, dedication. <coughs> this is LES Lincoln Electric System. has a solar farm out west of Lincoln on Holdridge Street. Uh, and enough for about a thousand homes in Lincoln. And there are plans to expand that even more. Now I'm going to talk about some other countries. This is Chile and one of their solar installations. And here's their solar market. This shows what other countries are doing. Instead of building more fossil fuel plants, they are going to solve. So there's hope. Uh, China is the leader right now in terms of installing solar. This is the largest solar array in the world. It's in China. And these are typical panels. This next one is also in China. It's called solar thermal power. And these are all mirrors that collect the sunlight and shine it right there to boil water. And then that boiled water goes through a turbine just like with, the, with typical power plants. The Pope not only talks the talk, but he walks the walk. These are solar panels at the Vatican. <clears throat> Pay as you go solar. And this solar panel probably charges their cell phone and gives them one light bulb at night. And then I love this. There's a group called One Laptop Per Child. The goal is to give every child in this world a laptop computer. And here you can see how they're, uh, how they're powering their laptops. Now this is sort of about all renewables. Portugal produced more electricity from renewable. That would be wind and solar than it actually needed. Now, in the United States, this is new electrical capacity. In other words, where money is being invested in new uh, electricity production. So this is China. 53% of the capacity was wind and solar. So they're growing, although China is still developing some coal. This is the United States. The big thing in the United States right now actually is natural gas replacing coal. And this is Europe. <clears throat> and they're going big time into renewables. 
And this is important because developing countries aren't stopping to create the kind of electricity generation we have in coal plants, they're going to renewables. <clears throat> Fossil versus clean energy, this is worldwide with a little bit of nuclear. But fossil fuels are being phased out. And why is the reason this is happening? Uh, notice how residential PV means the stuff on the roof uh, has come down 55% since 2008. That's only nine years, 10 years. Here's utility scale like LES, big ones. Uh, wind, the cost of wind has decreased 75%. Batteries for like electric cars and the cost of LEDs has really come down. And I would bet you every one of us has at least one LED in their, in their house. So this is um, already the cheapest new source of power across the globe. Again, if we had an hour to talk, I could show you more slides on that. One of the big things is energy storage uh, of huge amounts of electricity. For example, Tesla built this uh, at a wind farm in South Australia. So when the wind isn't blowing, it's stored in these huge batteries. And Australia had a, a black brownout from one of their coal-fired power plants. The batteries picked it up and corrected the problem before even humans knew it. So uh, this is... And this is big storage, big amounts of storage. And guess why? Because the cost is coming down. As people invest in energy, this is what they're seeing. And I believe this is what you will see, is solar backed up by large batteries So energy efficiency is another solution we have. Uh, almost a trillion dollars invested in 10 years on energy efficiency in buildings. This building is uh, not far from here, actually. The Assurity Center notice the energy and water conserving features to it has a living roof. It was built with the attention to minimizing environmental impacts in its construction and operation. And it's received the LEED, which is a, a, a standard for building, uh, and it got their gold certification. It's got tons of windows, tons of light inside. The air quality is good. It's a very comfortable building because of the way it was built. LEDs. How many of you have LEDs in your home? Everybody. <laughs> we all have some. And why do you think this is happening? Here's the cost of LEDs has come down substantially. I remember when I bought my first one, it was like $20 for one bulb, and now you can buy a whole package for $10. <laughs> Transportation is another place that we know what solutions are. 
global cars, electric cars. And one of the reasons is because the cost is coming down on batteries. <coughs> Virtually every car manufacturer in the world now is working on electric cars. And your cars will, most of your cars will be, uh, when your mom buys you your first car, will be. <laughs> Look at that. No more taxis in Beijing than are electric. The line of Georgia requires charging infrastructure in all new residential and commercial construction. So even if you don't have an electric, you have to have a place to plug it in if you build a new house. And look at this. These are the dates when they're going to start phasing out fossil fuel cars. And Sweden, by 2045, you won't be able to drive on a road in Sweden if you don't have an electric car. Look at this. Half of the world's buses will be electric. And these are 13 cities. And actually, Lincoln should be on this list. We're not now. But Lincoln is buying some electric buses. So the question is, why, why is all this happening right now? And is there any precedent for this rapid adoption of new technology? What do you think it'd be? Climate change. Yeah, climate change, but there's been a technology that's changed so quickly that we can hardly keep up with it. And also, one thing that's missing from the slideshow show is um, nuclear fusion energy. Yeah, we can talk about that uh, at the end of this. Um, 1980, they projected 900,000 users. The actual figure was 109 million, 120 times higher. Cell phones just took over quicker than anybody ever imagined. And it's what's called disruptive technology, just like electric cars and so on. It's really interesting. Look at developing countries not messing around with landlines. They're going directly to, to cell phones. And this is a point to remember. The, really, the point of this, we know how to, how to mitigate and adapt to climate change because the cost of things has dropped so sharply, the quality has improved, and this is a reason why the United States can't stick behind on old technology. If the rest of the world is going to new technology for electricity generation, we need to be on board. Jobs. 2.6. Those are big blades. <coughs> Coal mining is not coming back. The reason I'm showing this one is because Colorado uses a lot of solar. And if you use this solar, you're going to have manufacturers, you're going to have installers, 
and distributors and so on. So going to renewable energy brings jobs, new jobs. I show this because Northeast Community College in Fremont trains workers for uh, wind turbines. And I talked to a few, and every one of them has a job the moment they graduate. Uh, if you ever drive down L Street in Omaha, you'll notice what looks like a cutoff tower from a wind turbine, and it is. They train electrical workers to work on wind turbines. What about coal? This is the Kentucky Coal Mining Museum, and I want to show you where they get their electricity. From solar panels, because it's cheaper. <laughs> Notice what's happening to coal consumption. Okay, these are all coal power plants, coal power plants that were proposed and defeated. These are existing plants already retired, like there's some in North Omaha where they just closed them. And these retired announce. That's good news for all of us, for our health and everything else. Yeah. Uh, so during President Obama's first four years, 15 gigawatts of coal plants were shut down. It's happening. You can't bring coal back. <clears throat> What's so interesting about this is that 25% lower for solar than to build coal-fired power plants. And that's going to happen more and more. And, and this is part of the whole point of this presentation. You'd have to be courageous or crazy to invest in coal at this point anywhere. And investors understand that. So many of the coal plants did not go away or not going away because of government regulations and all that. It's because investors are unwilling to put their money there anymore. Here's the good news. Whoops, we'll go back. Now, probably the main reason is because of the switchover from coal to natural gas. But the challenge is this, we have to significantly reduce CO2 emissions if we're going to keep climate change. Which means, which means carbon yes. Here's the politics. A little bit on the politics. The president announced that we're getting out of it. And he said, I was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, not Paris. But look what the mayor of Pittsburgh said. 
the only way to do right by Pittsburgh Pittsburghers and Parisians is to abide by the principles of the parents. We all share the same air. We all share the same climate. And this is from the French president. And what I really like about this, he said, if you want to protect people, you retrain them. And then he goes on to say, um, you help them in order to change their jobs to new ones. Our responsibility, oh, the top. We have to protect is people, not jobs. So you really can't protect jobs forever that are going away. Uh, my wife's grandfather in 1890s was apprenticed as a blacksmith when horses were around. He wound up his career as a car mechanic because horses had basically gone away. Okay, you can't protect jobs, you have to protect people. That's going to be a big challenge. Goldman Sachs is one of the big investment companies in the world. Again, they're saying it's happening. It doesn't, yeah, it matters who's president, but it's happening. So, kind of to end it, we're still in. 20 states have gotten together to say they're going to keep working on the uh, Paris climate. Look at this, commitments to 100% renewable, and these are cities who have already achieved it. And it'd be nice if Lincoln got into that category of... All these companies said they want renewable energy. So there's hope. We need to move faster. But there's hope. I can see why that Greensburg, Kansas one happened, right? Yeah, the it tornado was so, so they started over with the new stuff after the tornado, right? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And that's part of what we talked about in the last one. When you recover from a disaster, rethink before you rebuild. And Greenberg, Kansas did that. Uh, and they're better off because of it. So let's see, we, we have till 11.15. We're almost out of time, but so we got a few minutes for questions or comments. So, yeah. Ken, one of the thanks for that. Some people always say, well, renewables, wind, solar, all need subsidies. Subsidies. They couldn't do it without subsidies. Well, coal, oil, gas, nuclear have had subsidies for 100 years. Exactly. Wind PTC and the solar ITC are phasing out. And even without them, wind is still cheaper than new coal or even old coal. Yeah, so let me put that another way. Some people are saying, well, wind and solar are getting federal subs uh, yeah. all kinds of subsidy to help them exist. But every kind of energy we use, coal, oil, exactly. has always gotten subsidy. And and lots of subsidy. Yes, yes, they do. A number of oil depletion allowance, there's a, a number of them, a whole list of them. Yeah. I, now, yeah. Now you brought up fission or fusion, fusion. Yes. 
fusion is uh, kind of the concept of the hydrogen bomb, okay? And I have a son who's a PhD in physics, and he said fusion is just over the horizon. We'll have to wait yeah, and see. It's, it's like they're trying to say it's 50 years away, 50 years later, it's yeah. 50 years away. But now we're like, I'm serious, like in China, there's little, we literally were able to hold plasma for 11, 11 seconds, which is a big thing. So, you know, I think we have to try out all kinds of things to get into the future where we have all renewable energy. Uh, the wind is free, the sun is free. If we can do uh, fusion, uh, it won't be free, but we won't need fossil fuels. It won't be polluted. Yeah, fossil fuels actually kind of free, but you only have to heat it up. So, thanks for coming.